Welcome to episode 40 of Justifying the F Word. They just keep stacking up. We just keep getting older. Yeah, and 40. I feel like that's iconic. It's the F Word episode. F Word. We've reached it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a monumental milestone for most people, right? Yeah. So we're celebrating 40. Yeah. We're celebrating 40 episodes. 40 is uh, the new 20. Totally. <laughs> and not to mention 40 episode, but 6,000 downloads. Yeah. Crazy. That's a lot of Quinn and Megan. That's a lot of Quinn and Megan. Um, Drink it in. We appreciate, once again, everybody tuning in. That means a lot. We appreciate our international audience. We got some pretty loyal followers out of the UK, Germany that pop on occasional Australia. So good on you guys. Good day, mate. (laughs) Good day, mate. That was terrible. I know. That's absolutely terrible. You're saying that I don't have a good Australian accent. No, you don't. Okay, I'm sorry to our listeners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Quinn's looking at me. I remember once uh, I had an Australian buddy and uh, everybody was making crocodile references, crocodile Dundee references. Call that a knife. And he's like, hey, dude, what's up, brah? (laughs) It was... It was really funny. Yeah, because you're like, you're not wrong. Yeah, you know? you're not wrong. So he uh, he he nailed it. So uh, just in recap, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Whirlwind. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a it's been a crazy good week. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. But uh, I'm gonna we're gonna kick it over to Megan here to talk about the greatest high of her oh, guys. So this has been what two. Two Two years years in the making. making. So one of my favorite bands is the Lumineers. Um, Probably. Ho. Yeah. Hey, Hey. ho. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. And um, so we were supposed to see them right. um, It was scheduled right after, you know, the shutdown happened and all of that. And it's been one of those concerts on my bucket list. And that happened Wednesday night. And. It was nothing short of a spiritual experience. Yeah. If you haven't seen the Lumineers, I highly recommend you go. As far as just the musical value is incredible. And I was telling Megan, I'm going to nerd out here a little bit, but uh, the musical prowess of the band. So I remember back in 94, I saw the Grateful Dead out at Soldier Field and Traffic, Steve Winwood's band, opened up for him. And I was blown away because they're like switching instruments every song. Like it was just the the how musically talented the band was was unbelievable. And uh, I really feel like the Lumineers were doing the same thing. It was like yeah, one guy it played was, drums on one song and then they jump on the. They piano would just like and, move around, and so I like I said, it's one of my favorite bands. I think Quinn mostly like if he listened to the Lumineers, it was like in the car when I was like we're listening to the Lumineers, and Quinn even. I, I turned to him after and I was like, what are you thinking? You said, it's going to take me a few days to process. Yeah. I'm a fan. I mean, yeah. And you've been like, I, I like the whole catalog, but for me, it doesn't get better than when they sing when a man loves a woman. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> the bombs and, from office space. Oh yeah. I was going to say one of the best parts after Michael Bolton. Yes. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Is, um, from the concert was, and the, the, um, what did he play? The piano? He's the main keyboard player, but he played bass. He played guitar. Yeah. Played I mean, the mandolin. guy was, he was living his best life. And so if you're looking for good entertainment, look up and 
on the Lumineers page because they take pictures of him and he uh, do he was doing like a headstand on top of the piano. Well, and and where he doesn't we, skip a beat. It's where, like, yeah, yeah, where we saw him was an ice rink. And he decided he grabbed an acoustic guitar and was like running down. They, they barefoot, had, the, they had the glass. The glass was off, but he was running down the boards. Like, yeah, it was just crazy. Just, just amazing. Yeah. So it was just fun to see. So my, I told Quinn, I was like, my life's complete. Saw him and uh, I would go see him again. Yeah, so. it was unbelievably good. Probably the best concert I've been to in years. So yeah, it, it was worth the wait. And a lot of times I think um, nervous when you go see a band that you like so much. I know that sounds weird, but there has been bands been way into and like just bucket list and I've gone and it's like, bum, bum, bum. yeah, they either have an off night. Yeah. Or just... And it's just, it's one of those, but it was like just the energy because Quinn going in, he's like, they're a pretty low key band. So we're going to be like sitting the whole time. And I mean, it was just. Everybody was standing, not, jumping. Not to mention, it was hotter than it was, the eye of Mordor. It was probably ninety degrees in this indoor oh. arena, so we all we all had a moment sweating. Yeah, together. we were. We were. I was brewing a fine batch of swass. Yeah. We. Oh my gosh, it was hot. Um, so a great monumental moment is after uh, almost a month out from my car accident, I got back into the gym, real light. So up in the gym, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, Fergie. Fergie. So I was back in the gym, uh, lifting light, like nothing too terrible. But uh, every, you saw all your gym crew. I did. And yeah, I did. it was good to be back. It home. was good. And they all they were concerned. You know, they they welcomed you back they, with open arms. I think they were slightly worried I was going to turn into um, at the end of dodgeball when uh, oh, what's his name? He's sitting there alone with the piece of pizza. Oh, uh, what's his name? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Yeah. yeah I, think they, I think they thought I was at home. You yeah. Know? They're like, did he just give up? And yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it was great to be back in, um, everything neutral spine though. Nothing like, cause my back still hurts a lot. So, uh, you no, also went into the doctor. I did. I went into the doctor and not only, uh, did I get going on physical therapy, but I also, uh, booked a colonoscopy at the same yeah, time. So I thought, why like not? Says right? F word yeah. years than a colonoscopy. Yeah. And if you, if you, if you haven't listened to our episode of check your engine light, you know, your <laughs> engine lights on, that's, that's one, uh, that's good preventative maintenance. Yeah. It's, it is almost a legitimate oil change. I feel like that fits that definition of being an adult of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do says it. I don't want to do it. I mean, <laughs> Okay, it just got weird. It got, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't even yeah. know how to react to that. But just yeah. kidding. So Quinn and I, um, I think this summer has just been crazy. Um, we've had Quinn's. Uh, no, we we didn't have it. It happened. Quinn's accident and all of that. It's just been life has been crazy. And we wanted a goal. Yeah, and so we were on a road trip. We went to a family reunion last week, and. Quinn and I, which both, was a fantastic time. Yeah. Quinn and I were like, we need to get our stuff together. Like, you know, so, um, Monday Quinn and I just, we decided we're like, we're going on a trip in September. And I think part of it is taking back your, our, our health and getting to our goals. And so we started a cut and counting our macros. So this is Quinn's legit first time like counting like consistently. And I'm so proud of them. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm so well proud. for our listening audience, Megan, um, would you mind just 
telling people what macros are. Yeah. So your macros is your macronutrients. So, um, and we don't use anything extra special. We just use my fitness pal, which is an app. Yeah. And so it is one that, um, we've gone in and you put in your percentage for your protein, your carbohydrates and your fats. Yeah. Which are your macros, your macros. Yeah. So your macros are your nutrients in your diet. Yeah. And I will say being in the fitness industry, I've tried lots of different diets, different programs, and they're great. Like I did the paleo diet and I will say I looked phenomenal, but I literally could have like killed a child for a cookie or something. Why not? Instead of saying kill the child, you should probably say homeless person or something. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. 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 But, um, the, the great thing about counting macros is it, it teaches you and it, well, I, I would say trains you to eat a balanced diet so that your body is getting what it needs of those macronutrients and, but it leaves wiggle room. Not a lot, but it leaves a little wiggle room. So if you dial it in, you can still eat a treat. Well, and I will say part of it is, especially getting into your F word years, you know how when you're driving around and you see like the DUI billboards that say like drive responsibly? Yeah. That's how I kind of feel with, uh, I feel like this is like a breathalyzer for food. So it's like, it's like when you're, when you're sitting down and you're counting your macros, you might be looking through a menu and you're, you're putting it into that your app and it's telling you how much fat, how much protein, how much, uh, carbohydrates, all of that. And some things like you might think, Oh, this might not be bad, but if we're looking at it, like, like drive responsibly, it might be the equivalent of six tequila shots lined up that are, you're, you're, not, yeah, you're like, ah. you, you just blew up well, your whole that, evening. That, that's the one thing about counting your macros is I think a lot of times you're like, Ooh, I'm making the healthy choice. I'm eating in this salad and you go and you put it in and you're like, I should have had a burger. Yeah. Cause the amount of fat and the yeah. dressing. And so a lot of it is just, it's just training. It's driving responsible. Yeah. But Quinn, I will say, um, has had a, like, I've done this multiple times. Um, so for me, it's a lot easier just to be like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to eat. My go-tos Quinn, it's a little bit different because he's like, okay, what are the foods I should be eating? How am I going to overdo it? But you've had a lot of aha moments. And so if you are someone out there, that's like thinking about, Hey, I just want to do this. I tell clients all the time, spend your first week or two and have it be your aha moments. Don't beat yourself up. If you're like, yeah, I went way over on my fat today, or I didn't eat my protein. Look at it and say, okay, how can I do better the next day to hit this? Because it is training you. It's trying to find that lifestyle. So over time, you don't necessarily have to count your macros because we're creatures like, of, of what was what I'm trying to say? Like, um, we eat a lot of the same things, habit, habit, creatures of habit, totally atomic habits. <laughs> yeah. And so you'll look at it and then you'll start to be able to look at your plate and be like, oh, okay. Like I can not necessarily always have to measure, but I know yeah, generally, I mean, I mean, a lot of what we're doing is, you know, it's like if, if we're eating chicken, we've got a scale and you're measuring out how many grams of chicken, but here, here's the thing that I want for where my bros at? Like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that, that like, what you say? Where are my ladies at? No, it's like, hey girl, hey. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So anyway. Wait, that- which one time I said that when I was on the track running and I was with Quinn and I didn't remember a girl's name. So I instantly just looked at her and I was like, hey girl, hey. And I was like, what, what, just-, <laughs> what just happened? Anyway, uh, so 
for all the dudes out there that are like, I don't want to starve to death. Probably the shocking thing about that I have seen is the amount of protein. Well, the amount of protein, but we're eating 40% protein. But if you're eating right, uh, let's say like to like, I am trying to stay right at about, uh, 1900 calories. And so if you're eating right, which with that sidebar, where it's if a you, cut. this is a cut. So I'm not in, a build. Yeah. in about three weeks, we'll go into a maintenance phase. So Quinn will definitely bump up his calories. If you're one of those people that are like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 how big is he? Cause 1900 calories for Quinn is pretty low. Yeah. yeah. But I will say though, uh, the big thing that I've learned from it is if you're eating right and staying within your macros, you're, you're full and you're eating plenty of food. If you're, I mean, there's times you're like almost forcing yourself to eat. Cause you're like, I need to get enough protein in, or I need some extra carbs so I can get everything balanced out. But the crazy thing is, like I was saying before, like drive responsibly, you can have one bad meal and it could blow. You could have one meal. And if you don't do it right. It blows up your whole day. Like that could be one lunch. But one of my favorite parts from this week is Quinn called me. Where were you at that you were like the temptation? It was everywhere and it was food. Oh dude, where was I? And it was, was it cinnamon rolls? Like what was it that you could like they were offering food right? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So I took customers to lunch up in Pocatello and we went to this place and they have scones. And I, for me, nice, warm, gooey, hardcore bread carbohydrates that to me it that has the same like <laughs> feeling of like seeing the cover of the sports illustrated swimsuit issue and going Ooh. <laughs> I must yeah i see a scone with some butter and i i i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hit that like it's <laughs> it's it's real to me and so uh, i was glad that i did but not- he did he called me and he was like I was a strong man today i was like get the head satan <laughs> i did uh, not eat that scone so anyway Long story short, um, we will keep you updated as we go um, and reach out if you have questions. Because like I said, um, tracking yeah, your macros is... If, uh, if you want to do it, just do some research online, but download my fitness pal. You can put in a food diary and you just scan the barcodes on whatever you're eating yeah. or you can type it in real, real easy. Um, I did take the kids out on a mountain bike ride, which is quite enjoyable. Like I think uh, little brother bro Sif thought he was going to die. but Well, uh, you got to understand... Little, little, little brosif. If it's not skateboarding, yeah. he doesn't want to do but, it. But Livy's charged, our second daughter who's on mountain bikes. She did awesome. But Logan, speaking of that, we're getting ready for bro camp number two. And we're taking off uh, tomorrow. So we're going to Woodward up in Park City. He's going to skate and uh, I'm going to work. And then I pick him up and then we go stay in our camper in Heber, which is great because my truck got totaled out. So I have a delivery truck from work with the big pipe rack on yeah, it. Yeah, you look legit. You look that. legit. So, anyway, it's 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 uh, it's good times. Good good times. So it should be fun. Well, like I said, we had a crazy like up and down uh, emotional weekend. So uh, yesterday marked the one year passing of my father, and so we decided that we were going to do a celebration of life. So instead yeah, of, and, and explain why that, well, I mean, this, here, yeah. why, and this was something that kind of Quinn came up with and I love it. And I think it was so healing for his family and explain why. So there's two things. So I was having this conversation with a buddy and uh, talking to him about what we were going to do. And he was like, he was like, wow. He's like, you know, in my family, when someone passes away, he said, nobody talks about them anymore because it's just too difficult. And they ignore the fact they passed away. It's kind of like the movie Coco. 
Like if somebody dies and you never talk about them again, or you never tell your kids, then that oral history, the stories, the funny things that made that person them. You're going to make me start to cry. Yeah. Because you're talking about Coco. I, know, I, I cry know, every yeah. time. But those, those go, those go away and they go, they go with the person. And along those same lines, just like that, my, my dad, um, he never, he, I think the loss of his father was so hard for him that, uh, anytime he ever talked about him, he broke down emotionally and couldn't do it. And so I really want my and kids. And you, you feel like you didn't really know, I didn't know him much. I mean, was, you know, like kind of the same yeah, three stories. It, it was like, it was too much for him to talk about. So I swore after my dad, I didn't swear. After I mean, my dad maybe, passed away, maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I you know. had a moment of just, but, uh, you know. But, but after my dad passed away, I there was a couple things I, I really wanted. And number one, the first thing was I wanted to be able to talk openly and regularly as about my dad with anybody, with my kids, with my friends, with my, with Megan, with other family members and not have it be a hugely emotional moment that we could keep his memory alive by, by doing that. So what we did is we had a, we had a celebration of life. We did a full ofrenda. So sure we had did? flowers, we put out a bunch of well, pictures. Well, explain what that is if people so don't know. if you know. don't know what a friend is in the day of the dead, usually they, we didn't have marigolds, but they usually put out marigolds. We had flowers Yeah, though. we had flowers. Yeah. They usually put out marigolds. They put out pictures of their loved one, usually some candles. And then they put out- That their, have deceased. That have deceased, yes. yeah. And then like they put out like their favorite foods or whatever and kind of have a celebration of that day talking about the people they've lost. And we've actually done a few day of the deads at we our have, house. Yeah, and, and it's- it's been, um, I think if you're ever looking to have family history time with your kids, make it into a party. And our kids, it was like yeah, we did the tacos. funnest night. Like we had candles and it was like this, it was a history lesson, but our kids were like, it's a party, you know? <laughs> so with my dad's though, we, uh, we had my sister come down. My brother was there. Unfortunately, my other sister, she lives out of state, so she wasn't able to make it. My mom came down. So we did the full ofrenda and my dad's favorite foods were kettle chips and uh, hot dogs. So this is true. And, and cherry, cherry Coke. Coke. So, yeah. uh, so if you hop on my Instagram page, you can see a picture of the ofrenda. but I, I put that Coke out and put the hot dog and chips. And he, and he loved, he didn't call it ketchup. He called it ketchup. And we put a bottle of ketchup and, and it was just, yeah, we were like, we prepared all of it. It was, yeah. And it was, and so what we did is before we ate, we kind of went around and we had everybody tell a funny story about grandpa. And that was. Yeah. Or like their, their fav- one of their favorite, favorite things. memories. Yeah. And we kept it upbeat and fun and everybody had a great time. Everybody talked about it and talked about it like he was still part of their lives. And I think that was the neatest thing and not ignoring the fact that he passed away or not being, being like, Oh, it's so sad. We can't talk about it. We celebrated his life. And I think, um, for me walking away from last night was just, wow. I feel, you know, just so blessed that like, I knew this amazing person, you know, I had the opportunity for 22 years of my life for him to be in my life and to share that. And I'm so glad like my kids could tell stories and we could all just sit and laugh, you know, and, and all of that. So, well, my last point too, is I, I think when you keep the person real, you don't end up deifying them or turning them into something they weren't. I remember one of my good buddies told me uh, his mom had passed away and he was talking about his mom with his aunt and his aunt, his aunt stopped him and said, whoa, 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 whoa your mom was a lot of great things, but she's not that person you were describing. (laughs) Like, you know, 
it's it, she she had flaws too and so i think it's important that you know you tell the stories with the flaws you tell it and i think it's important that you do it just so you keep that just like coco you know you keep them alive so if you haven't watched the disney movie coco grab some tissues grab some tissues but yeah it's great but anyway it was it was it was great and then I will say the last thing before we go into the episode, this has been a big recap, but it has been a crazy week. So um, it was my my weekend work. And my reason why I say that is um, when I work a lot, it's a lot of hours on a microphone. And so as my kids like to say, I am full smelly cat. So yeah. if you haven't watched Friends, there's a whole episode with Phoebe where she gets really hoarse and she starts singing and she actually turns into a good musician. So maybe that'll make me a better podcaster. Okay. <laughs> All right, Smelly Cat. Um, we're going to get into this episode. So today, I would really like to talk about Lila Garrity. If you don't know who she is, this is like probably in TV shows of Quinn's heartthrobs, Lila Garrity's like top two or three. Yeah. And what I mean by Ly- Lila Garrity, if you haven't watched Friday Night Lights. Not the movie, the series. The series. Yeah. Yeah. Lila Garrity, she's easy on the eye. I mean, no Timmy Riggins. <laughs> well, you do have your uh, Panthers uh, high football t-shirt. I do. So anyway, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um, So Quinn and I are, I would say even more me, diehard Friday Night fun. Friday night, Friday night. Like, why is that so hard well, to say? Well, let's just say I, I watched it because I got drawn in by Lila Garrity, but I will say coach was too good for his daughter. Like yeah, his you, daughter did not deserve coach. Anyway, I aspired to be coach, but that in, inspired, we just got, How I mean, Lila Garrity, Lila Garrity. <laughs> but um, there is a saying that they repeat and coach Taylor um, repeats in it actually for, I think it was mother's day one year. Yeah. So Quinn's sister, Tasha, that we had on a few, With, um, episodes ago, about two episodes ago. Yeah. Um, she printed off. Yeah. Through her business, final word, lettering words, anywhere.com. Yeah. And so Quinn printed it at, or she printed it, but ordered it. And it is the saying, you ready? Three. I'm ready. Ready? I'm ready. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. So, so we now have that hanging above our door head in our laundry room, headed out to the garage. Yeah. If our kids, well, now there might be slightly tall enough. Cause my dream was that they'd have to hit it like the football players in the show as they walk out to go to school. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> yeah, guys, we're approaching Quinn's bedtime. It is about my yeah, bedtime. focus. Focus. Yeah. So there's so much meaning in that statement. And if we're looking at it from athletics, obviously it's, uh, it's a huge mantra on on going out and doing your best. But uh, Megan and I have really worked this year on being intentional. And we were out for a walk this afternoon, which, by the way, it was... Uh, we went out. It was like not it was a little warm. Overcast. And then it was like and then Mordor. The, yeah. And then it was like solar flare incineration. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, there's so much that can be gleaned from this. So we were just talking about on our walk being intentional and uh, keeping- and that, that being, if you go back through past episodes, that has been my word 
of the year is intentional. Well, so it's going to tie in. And we were talking about just looking for opportunities to be a good person and to help others. And the whole phrase, uh, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, uh, came to mind. But we wanted. I to, think I said it as a joke and we were like, yes, yes. we're going to use that. But we wanted to take a different spin on it in, uh, in how, we can, how you can look out of yourself to help other people. Yeah, I, in life... It is extremely easy. Um, every single one of us do this is we are busy. We are going about um, our life in our family. And it's not necessarily that we're narcissists. Well, I, I think you get tunnel vision. Yeah, you get tunnel vision. And it's not that you're like so just self-absorbed, but it's like you're, oh, I have my job. I have my family and I'm going. And almost it's like you're so tunnel vision that you almost don't see what's happening in the periphery periphery. Yes. Because you're doing good in your life, but you're not necessarily looking outside of that tunnel. You're just like, Hey, this, this is where, yeah. And, and sometimes it has to be. Well, and I, and I think too, um, coming down to that where you said, you know, it's, it's tunnel vision. It's not narcissism, right? Yeah. There there's points with, with tunnel vision where you might feel like your bandwidth is tapped out. So let's say you do see a need. Let's say you see somebody who's going through, you can tell they're going through something, or let's say you hear of somebody like, Hey, you know what? That person, like I said, I just mentioned my dad passed away a year ago. It might be, it might be a death, right? It might be a loss of a job. It might be a divorce. It might be craziness with the kids. It, it, it can be a myriad of anything, right? It could be, uh, it could be just, they're suffering from anxiety or stress or something that they're not used to. But I think when you get that tunnel vision, there's this total tendency of feeling like, Hey, someone else has got this, you know what? Oh, they, they've got family here or they're, they're really good friends. So-and-so, you know? Yeah. Or you're like, they're not necessarily in my neighborhood or they so, have a huge hype squad. Yeah. Or, Hey, they're not part of my daily life. So that's sad, but I'm going to move on or yeah. Okay. And, or uh, you know what? I just want to give that person their space. Yeah. And sometimes space, I would say most times when people are going through hard stuff, it doesn't mean like get in their face and be like, but I think space is not what people need. You know, it's, it's like when your, your dad passed away in, you didn't need space. You didn't need people coming and needing things from you. But, um, that was kind of a huge, like, you know, light bulb above was how many of those comments, messages, calls, how much they meant. You didn't have the bandwidth to necessarily respond, respond to them all, but it just, but that like you even coming in at night and just being just emotionally drained. And you're like, these people reached out and you're like, my heart's so full because I haven't talked to those people in 20 years. Yeah. Or, and and, and yeah. I think clear eyes, you know, when, when we, when we use that as a phrase, I think it really just means being willing to look for opportunities to help others when they need it and acting on it. Like I think look too. And I think if we could say clear ears too, that doesn't fit, but I think that there's a lot of, I do use Q-tips. Yeah. I, you know what? That's the kind of thing that in life, like <laughs> I seriously have to travel with a little Q-tip case. Like if I get out of the shower without Q-tips, I'm mining that orifice with like a, 
tissue paper out of a hotel <laughs> or like, yeah. something. But what I'm saying is like, yes, look oh, around. It really drives me nuts. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> but look around with your eyes. But then also, how many times have you been there? And the person isn't necessarily saying, I need this. But it's it's kind of reading the body language, like taking a second to see people. Like not like just a, hey, I'm here and I'm going about a million things. Stop and look at it and say, you know, like this. And I remember Tasha, your sister, telling a story about her friend about when she was going through all the crazy things with your dad. And it stuck with me. She told me this about how a friend texted her and it just said, I see you. Like mm, meaning like, yeah. I see you. And knowing that like, hey, I'm here. Like I'm that lifeline. So are you seeing people? Are you reading their body language? Are you listening to those small things when they're like, I'm doing okay. You know, cause you're like, okay, is not good enough. Like, what is it that is, you know, going on? And I had an experience this last week. I'm not going to go into details, but, um, a few months back, there was a person, um, that I had this experience that I reached out and I said, I am really worried about you. Like, I'm just, you're in my thoughts. I could be totally off the mark. And I, I, I didn't know everything going on. I still don't know. And I remember just, I didn't even remember the conversation. Talked to that person this week and they said, you know, I've been going to therapy and you had said to me, I deserve to be happy. And that has resonated and that is what I've been holding on to. I don't even remember this conversation, but it was one of those that I was so glad that instead of just looking saying, huh, I, I just ran into that person. I looked at him and I stopped and I, I really saw that person. It was like their body language, the way they were acting. It was like, are you okay? Like I could be off, you know, like really clearing my eyes and seeing them and, and asking those questions. And like I said, um, it kind of hit me hard when they said that, like you said this to me and I was like, I, I told Quinn, I'm like, I don't even remember having this conversation, but it resonated. This is something that this person's been holding on to for two months of that, like saying like, I deserve to be happy. Yeah. And I, and I think with that being said, uh, when you, when you see somebody that's going through something, make sure it's not a one and done deal. Yeah. Cause it's easy to say, well, if you need anything. Yeah. Well, and, and along it, the, and along those lines too, I can recall, uh, one of my buddies, Central Park and fall. Yes. How you tore your dress. What a mess. All right, Mr. Las Vegas. Good, good <laughs> I, thing I, Wade I, Newton's in the house. I mean, tonight. I do have my smelly cat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But, uh, one of my buddies, I asked him, you know, it was, it was after his, uh, his mom had passed away and uh, I asked him like six months later, I said, Hey, is there anything that you wish anyone would have done differently? Like looking back at it. And he goes, you know, he's like, people come out of the woodworks when stuff happens. Right. But nobody follows up down the line. And well, and I, I feel along those lines, it's, you know, Quinn, he, he's healing, he's doing great, but there is residual from his accident. And when it happened, I'm not thinking so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, it, and it's been stressful. I will tell you that, like, I think it being totally honest, but it's, you know, when people ask, how's Quinn doing? I'm like, well, he's whole, you know? And, um, a lot of people ask right from the get go, but it's the fact that he's moving and and all that people are like, oh, he's good. And I had um, a client stop me in the parking lot this last week and came up and was like, I've been thinking about you. 
And this was like to me, and she saw me and she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. She's like, how's your husband? I know everybody's there right when stuff happens, but I know how things trickle, you know, down. And so it was just one of those that I told Quinn, it was like, so I don't see this person every day, just really kind of just reaching out and realizing like, Hey, you know, it just wasn't a one and done conversation. It was, Hey, I've been thinking about you. Yeah. A month later, yeah. it's stuff doesn't, you know, obviously when someone's in the thick of it, but it's sometimes I, I have found like one of the nicest things about like, you know, people that they'll let me do because they're open to it is sometimes me just being able to talk about going through the experience I did with losing my dad, for example, that's huge and very therapeutic. But one thing I'd like to add before we move on from clear eyes is we talked about identifying issues, like identifying somebody who's going through something or whatever. I think equally there's people that go through some really awesome stuff and they would like one person to celebrate them. Yeah. It's not always something It's not that, always the d- 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 drama. Like. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm down. But I think there's times where, you know, maybe it might be one of those that you're like, oh, I'm kind of jealous or I feel inferior. And I think everybody at times needs people to say, hey, congratulations. Or that's dude, huge. Seriously. Yeah. That's, like that's you've amazing. worked so hard at this. Yeah. And, and I and, love that. And, and I think we naturally... It's seen in our culture, it's seen really as a bad thing to celebrate yourself, you know? Uh, and so <laughs> I thought of a great term, but I'm not going to say it, but anyway, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's great to, uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's great to celebrate somebody else's accomplishment because I think for them, it gives them permission to, to feel like to, yeah, hell yeah, I, I did that. That's awesome. Like I'm excited as opposed to downplaying it. We've talked about that in other episodes, but yeah. clear eyes, not only are you looking for, you know, times where you can help people, but also where you can celebrate people. Yeah. And I think more so just looking at people and, you know, it's, 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 are you taking the, the contacts out when they're super foggy, cleaning them off? If you wear con like your contacts, you know. Which, by the way, <laughs> and cleaning uh, and putting them in. Are you really seeing people for what they need and being there? I have crazy squinty eyes. Like I have to like if I don't wear my sunglasses when I go outside, I I shut down. In fact, uh, when I lived in South America, I had the nickname of El Chino Gringo, which means the Chinese white guy. Yeah, and they were like they thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Ever. Yeah. In fact, I had a guy make me this leather bracelet that said El Chino Gringo on it. So uh, the point though is I remember I had to get contacts and I sat down with the optometrist. This is when we lived in Vegas. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I got to ask you, is this even a possibility? Like, like, can this happen? I'm like, do you make like little eye contacts? Cause I don't know if they're going to work for me. So. You're like, yeah. And I remember I would have to help you put them in, in the morning. No, you could get them in. You couldn't get them out. So then you could only wear them a certain amount of time. So I drive over because you'd have to work longer days and I would take them out of your eyes so you could wear your glasses the rest of the day. Like, yeah. All right. Why don't you drop it like it's hot on the next section? All right. So full hearts. That's next. We got the the clear eyes. Now full hearts. Um, Everyone at different times needs to feel 
like they have someone in their corner. We've talked about that. And I think that a lot of that is that ability to open your heart just slightly. You've seen the person saying, oh, wow, they have a lot going yeah, on. They've been identified. And instead of just saying, let me know if there's anything you can do or just saying somebody else has got this. And I mean, here's the deal, guys. We have been, Quinn and I have been guilty, guilty, that's, guilty. That's why we're talking about Yeah, this. and this is why literally in the last year, we've stopped and been like, we need to do better. Like, what is it that we want to be like, like Quinn talked in one of our episodes, our legacy. Like, what is it for? Like being here, going through the rat race is... You know, um, if you make a lot of money, what is it for? Is it to help other people or is it to be big and flashy? Are you enhancing the lives of your children? Are you? Yeah. And so looking at that of opening your hearts, you've identified it is instead of just looking at saying, wow, okay, that person has a lot going on. I'm just going to, you know, let someone else worry about it and I'm going to go about it. And believe me, we've done this so many times. Yeah. Well, and I think... Anybody who's gone through, say, like a major illness, a death, some, a losing a job, something incredibly stressful, when that happens, and this was like, you know, going through like in and out of care centers and hospitals all last summer, I felt like, you know, my world was spinning. Like I had no control. And in fact, the best way I can describe it, and I've told people this, it's like a, a phone that gets dropped in the water. And you put it in the rice fast enough that you can get it turned on, but it's glitchy every now and again. Like the screen will just make all sorts of colors and you can't see and then you have to turn it off, right? That That's kind of how you're running. And the problem though is your life is that way, but you step out and I remember like going, oh my gosh, nobody else cares about all the drama and everything I'm experiencing and just driving around seeing the world is still moving. Like people are still going to that car wash. People are still going to the grocery store. Like life is totally normal. And honestly, the thing that I, that I really realized coming out of that is also, it only takes one person reaching out and giving you that lifeline that can give you some sort of normalcy and grip back to just normal life. Oh, definitely. And I, I remember, and this isn't, I mean, this is going on probably a little bit heavier. I don't want to spend a lot of time focusing on it, but, um, the, w- uh, there's a, a girl that I know that her husband had, uh, taken his own life and she had posted something about kind of like, kind of just her feelings. It's more of her journal. And it talked about how Yes, there are helplines. There are things out there. And this is when it gets really heavy and things are happening. But she said, yeah, never tell somebody that I think your life is heavy. Yeah. Don't go back. Listen to other episodes because that Quinn got himself in trouble with that. <laughs> anyway, but she talked in there about how it was this exact thing is doing this, looking, seeing opening your heart, being that one person, because that is the difference. You know, yeah, that person is at a point where making a phone call is maybe too much. And there are people that you might not even realize are at that point and you don't even want to let your mind go there. But it is that just opening your heart, opening your eyes, seeing them that can make a huge difference that you don't even know. And Quinn and I have had experiences where after the fact we have found out 
oh my gosh, I was so glad I showed up. Yeah. You know, like, I'm so glad I showed up. I'm so glad I made that phone call. And it wasn't even that we were on that, that, that vein, but it was one of those that instead of just being like, well, there's helplines, there's, there's therapists, there's someone else. They have family. They have this is sometimes it just, it needs to be someone else. Well, yeah. And I, and I think too, uh, going back to what I was talking about life being like, you feel like your life spinning and the world not seems, heavy, not heavy. No. So sidebar to that. I'm not, we're not going to go into all of it was Quinn said, I hate when life gets heavy. And the guy said back to me, my wife has lost weight. My, he's like, what do you mean? My life, my wife has lost weight. She's not that heavy. And I'm like, I said, it sucks when your life gets heavy. Anyway, he said, he, no, you didn't. No, he said, and that no. was the last time he hung out. Yeah. yeah. So don't, don't ever use that phrase. But my point that I was saying is when the world seems like it's spinning out of control and you need that lifeline, you just want some normalcy, you know, walk through a grocery store and I guarantee you there's, you know, one out of 10 or three out of 10 people that are going through something incredibly difficult. And it, even though you might be in the thick of it and you might be going through something that you think is so hard, there's, there's so many other people. And I guess that's the, that's probably one of the biggest shockers about being an adult is I think you look at it and you're like, you're like, Oh, I become an adult and everything's easy. I, I and I know like for us, you're like, Oh, you have little kids, you get out of diapers and then everything's easy. And then you're like, nope, 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 nope. And then you like raise teenagers. And then I've talked to people that are like, adult, adult children, children are, are the hard. worst. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's one of those things that we talk to our kids about all the time is we're like, we're not undermining what you're going through, but you need to understand you are not the only person feeling this way. You could be in a room with 10 people and six of those people feel the same way that you do. And to take that a step further is we're talking about kind of people outside of your family is I think a lot of times if you really have that honest conversation is are, are you, are you being that person in your family, in your home? Are you having, you know, those conversations to, to, uh, you know, to, to, to see them, to, you know, identify and, and also like open your heart to like, listen. Well, and I think part of having a full heart too, we we've talked about opening up to people that, uh, might be going through something really difficult that you see. It could be just as much though. It doesn't have to be somebody going through something incredibly difficult. I know Megan and I have had people that have opened their hearts to us and shared, like we we've lived with people for a bit during our married life, you know, great friends that have just shared great advice, like almost mentors who've coached us. It just means, you know, like I said, I don't want this to always come down on the drama side of things. There's opportunities to just step outside of yourself and mentor a younger person or like be there for somebody who's struggling, you know, maybe financially or whatever that can really, change their life and, uh, just and and giving time, giving time. I know we talked about the currency of time and sometimes in the F word nations, that is sometimes the highest, you know, the, the, you know, biggest currency right now that we're lacking, but giving people that time is huge, you know, to mentor, to be there and just to feel like, um, Hey, this is a safe place. And I have someone that's like in my corner. Well, and sometimes too, I know, like I had a, I had a buddy of mine that used to, he used to play music and he wanted to pursue some different things. He was looking at going to school in Boston. 
Um, and, uh, and so I lined him out with some musician friends I had that lived out there. They went out and stayed like checked it out and just the ability for me to say, okay, well, I've got the connections. I can help you on this. Like that, it, it didn't cost me anything, but like it was, it felt good to be able to open my heart to somebody else and say, listen, I've got the connections for what you need. Or it's like, Hey, I, you like to do this. I know this person that's in this industry. Let me get you connected. And that's, that to me is, I think more so than anything, or, Hey, you'd be really great for this job. This thing just popped up. Like I know about it. Like, can I get you an interview? And that, that has been, you know, as far as opening my heart, it's been one of those things that's very satisfying to see people get a little bit further ahead in life because, you know, I was willing to step outside of myself and that's pay it forward, buddy. Pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say a huge shout out to the, the QB is, um, he is one and I've gleaned from this is he is one that isn't like a, like a one and done. It's not like one conversation and then, Hey, check Mark off. I did my due diligence, which is great. I'm not, I'm not discounting that is Quinn is someone that, um, there's a lot of people that have things or they need support just like, Hey, you can do this, you know, be that person. And he's constantly like every day or every few days calling that person, checking in saying, Hey, how's that going? Are you working towards that promotion? Or, you know, Hey, how's your wife doing? Or, you know, all these things. And it is one of those things that like I admire so much. And like I am gleaning from is it's not like a, Hey, here's my one conversation. Okay. I tap out is there's that investment in it. He's putting his heart in it because he wants people to succeed. He wants them to feel like they have someone in their corner. And so sometimes that is taking that extra time, that energy. And I know there's times that, you know, like I've been like, uh, you know, that, that person probably needs a little bit of, you know, that a boy in their life, but I'm exhausted. But then at the end of the day, I beat myself up because I'm like, really, what would have that taken? small text, small phone call, you know, that kind of deal. So. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to, uh, a have the clear it doesn't eyes take much. and it doesn't take much to have a full heart to open up your heart, to share a bit of yourself with somebody else. Like, and I think lastly is you can't lose. Right. And what I mean by you can't lose clear is, eyes, full hearts can't lose is I will say, uh, First off, I need to stop saying I will say because I am saying it. So you I'm are out. saying, yeah. Do you like that? We catch things that we say, guys. We know <laughs> everybody. Asks if you li- like- listen to the podcast and we, you know, we we hear it, but we want it to be raw, uncut. Yeah, there, there's plenty of times I, I might step on my proverbial genitalia while trying to explain a phrase. That's okay. People ask, they're like, "Do you guys spend a lot of time editing?" And we're like, "Yeah, no, like." <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think that's what we agreed to do. Yeah, we wanted this to be. And it's it, and we have to be okay with it not being perfect. Yeah. That's what our whole goal is saying. Well, I think, I think what you said was because you're perfect, Quinn, I'm okay with the podcast. Not. It was yeah. Like, yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But what I mean by, by can't lose is I, I will say, um, a lot of reaching out in these moments makes you feel uncomfortable, right? Makes you feel oh, like let's, I, I hate going back 
to this all the time, but it's just the fact that we just celebrated the one year anniversary of my dad passing that it's just so raw, but it's like, you feel like, I don't know what to say. Right. I want to just say, as far as can't losing, you can never lose by being sincere. Yeah. And if it is something that you reach out, you don't hear back from people. That's okay. Don't take it personal. Because then you're making it about you is it's one of those that I am a firm believer is um, really is put it out there. You can't lose. And, you know, you're putting it out into the universe like you're putting out. I kind of sound like I'm into crystals and that. I mean, cool. Like they they probably work too. probably should learn about them. But what I'm saying is you're putting those positive energy out into the world. And I feel at a point it's, it's going to come back and it's just going to create this more positive world around you. But don't look at it. If you reach out to someone and you're like, Oh, I reached out. They didn't get back to me. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they weren't in the right headspace too. Well, and it's I not w- about you. I will say, uh, when things suck, it's not when you're feeling like, I'm not sure what to say. It really doesn't even matter what you say. Like I've had, I've, I've had conversations with friends that have been, that have gone through some terrible things. And I've just said, listen, there's nothing I can really say to make this any better. Just know I'm in your corner. Like I'm not trying to say, Oh, like let's say somebody passes away. I'm not saying, Oh, they're in a better place. Or let's say somebody gets divorced. You're like, ah, oh, you'll be better off or whatever. It's like, no dude, you know, don't, don't unvalidate what somebody's feeling or going through by just trying to gloss over it because you don't know what to say. A lot of it is just saying, listen, man, I am here for you. I know how hard this, I, I, I realize what you're going through is incredibly difficult, but just know I'm in your corner. I'm, I'm here. Like, yeah. And by, by that as well to, to add on is don't make it about you. You're ah, not wise. Yeah. You're so not wise. You like are. I said, is you're putting it out there in the universe is don't make it of I'm doing this. So I'm going to get this comment back or this. Thank you so much is do it because you want to just let someone know, you know, and you might, there might be times that you put it out there and you don't ever know, or there might be times down the road. And we've had, like Quinn said, we've, we've been fortunate of having, um, you know, friends that have mentored us. And there's been times where we're just like, do you remember this conversation you told us when we were like first having kids? And they're like, I don't even remember that. And we were just like, you helped shape us. Like you helped us. You I'd know. like, I'd like to think it was almost like they, we were there on the pottery wheel Yes, and Demi Moore was there with <laughs> Patrick Swayze of, Whoa, uh, my of, darling. of Red Dawn and Roadhouse um, fame. Good yeah. Is it good with my voice? Totally. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the thing is, is don't make it about you. Is you can't lose. You put it out there and then walk away. Don't expecting anything in return. Don't say, oh, I thought about this person. And so I dropped something off. And so I'm expecting that they're going to return that, that whole thing. No. Do not make it about you. You are looking at it as I am trying to help someone else put it out there and then I'm going to move on. Megan. What? Do you know what you can lose? What? You can lose yourself. Yeah. You can lose yourself in the, 
I thought I thought you were going to start quoting Eminem, and I got really excited. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I was like, is I got we, super excited. We talked about at the beginning of the episode of having tunnel vision, right? Yeah. And by by having a clear clear eyes and a full heart, you start to lose that tunnel vision, and you start to lose yourself. All of a sudden, you're not so Ooh, self. Wait, you did? There. Yeah, you're not so self consumed, right? Yeah. You're, you're you're looking for opportunities to. To be better. And as I said, you know, any anxiety, any nervousness that you might have is totally okay because you don't know. You're never, it's never going to be a loss. And I will say, if you are having moments of just feeling sorry for yourself, a little depressed, whatever that, that is, find other people like to, to, to help to look at and say, you know, Hey, I'm going to build that person up or I'm going to celebrate them or I'm going to be that yeah, friend step out, out step there. Outside and yourself. I guarantee as soon as you do that, that I am Mordor that's on you. Not I am Mordor. Yeah, Is it? Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, it's the eye of it's Saron actually. Sarah, Sarah, yeah. Sarah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If I'm going to go full nerd, I got you, but it's going to make it so that it isn't. Saruman. Yeah. You're not going to just be focusing being like, whoa, me, I have this, my life's whatever. It's going to be where like it's karma. Like you're going to throw, you know, you're helping other people. Don't look at it saying, Hey, I'm going to get all this paid back, but looking at it and it's, it's going to take away from that time of feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. And also like Megan mentioned, just like with our mentors or other people, or she shared the story, you never know the impact you have on other people. So it's, it's one of those things that you, for you, you could do something that like seems pretty mundane, but it's just like, Hey, I should probably just do something nice for this person. And you do it. It could be a phone call. It could be a text. It could be dropping something off at their house. It could just be like, Hey, how's it going? To you, it may not mean anything, but to that per- in fact, <laughs> to that person, it might may- mean a lot. I had a buddy of mine that uh, he dated, or not he dated, one of his best friends. His his mom was a single mom, and when he graduated from high school, she said, "Is there anything you'd like?" And he said, "Can we just kiss?" And she was like, "What?" And he goes, "It may not mean a lot to you." <laughs> But it would mean a whole lot to me. And she's like, no. She's like, pretty sure that's, yeah, that's a no-go. But my point is- I mean, is, he tried. He tried, he which tried. was impressive. But your your impact, it's like a ripple effect, right? You throw a pond in a ripple. And uh, you might think those first ripples are really small. They're actually called S waves if we're nerding out, like from an earthquake perspective, a surface wave. But it might be really small, but you get out from that and they become very large, right? And I think that's- when you're in the thick of things, you might think you're doing something very small for somebody else, but just like throwing a, a, a pebble in a, in a lake, those ripples get big. And so that might be the big thing that somebody clutches onto at, you know, in, in, even though your small act seemed like something just so minuscule, it could mean the world to that person or be the difference of them, you know, enjoying life and getting through what they need to get through. Yeah. So the moral of the story is be like coach Taylor. Coach Taylor, once again, was way too good for his daughter. Uh, If you guys haven't watched the series. Okay. I know you like literally it's a teenager. Quinn can't get over it. But the thing about coach Taylor in this is he is. Yeah, but not all teenagers are that rotten. We have teenagers. I'm just saying like she did not deserve his greatness. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but Coach Taylor, he was one that, um, he was that mentor. 
But if you watch the series, my favorite part of it of always saying why I want to be Coach Taylor when I grow up is he was the one that helped all those kids along the way that wasn't just the coach. He was the one that was like truly looking at them and seeing their potential. And I'm not even talking football. It was like going to college you know, helping with their family situation and stuff like that. And so that's why when we kind of started discussing it, I made the joke of clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And we're like, that's perfect. Like coach Taylor. Well, the other thing too, is the more that you do this kind of stuff, if you have children or even your spouse, um, people will see what you're doing and, and they will like your kids will see it. And if your kids grow up seeing that kind of like selflessness and being a good person, they're going to, they're going to want to do the same thing. Truth. Well, and lastly, one of the last things I wanted to bring up, and I guess it doesn't quite go with can't losing, but it kind of goes the whole like premise of clear eyes, full hearts can't lose is also, um, I know I have known people that have gone through pretty difficult situations and the people that they thought would be in their corner, like their direct, like, you know, direct people they thought would be in their corner. Their besties. Their besties weren't. And and that was part of devastating and, for them as yeah, well. Yeah, and that's devastating. Yeah. And so, and it was people that were totally from the outside. And I'm not like, everybody goes through stuff. Everybody deals with stuff or even like, doesn't know how to approach drama, but also some I, I know we talked about looking outside and looking for opportunities, but sometimes some of the biggest opportunities you have could either be right in your home, could be your extended family, could be your best friends, right? And it might be the kind of thing that you just glance over it because maybe you don't have the bandwidth to do it or you don't see it, but you see it from some other angle. So also like Make sure too the people. I I mean I think it's critical that you reach out of your comfort zone with people you don't know. But I also think it's incredibly critical that you don't ignore those closest to you. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. And it guys is always easy to serve those within your circle. You should. It is challenging and sometimes really uncomfortable. Those that aren't necessarily like in your per, um, like. Right in there. your day to day, the in people, your day, the day people day. that are periphery. Yeah. And so just look at that. But the more you do it, the easier it is to kind of maneuver through that, like awkward, like, cause you look at it and you're like, I can't lose. You know, the worst thing they could do is be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, peace out. It's like, you know, now my nephews and my nieces are, they're in college and talking to them about dating and all that. And, uh, I'm like, what's the worst thing that can happen? They, what are they going to say no? Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to lose. And if they say no, that's somebody else's significant other. So yeah, just just move on with life. Or what's the worst thing that could happen if you're if you want a new job, you go talk to somebody and they don't hire you. That's okay. Yeah, nobody cut off a finger. <laughs> you know, yeah, that would really suck. That would really yeah. suck. Yeah, it hurt. It would really hurt bad. I yeah. got a splinter once and really didn't like it. Yeah, got infected. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, but actually, I almost cut my finger once off digging a snow cave. But that's a story for a different time. Different time. Yeah, leave it on that cliffhanger. <laughs> I'll leave it on that cliffhanger because it does involve an exploding car and hitchhiking and. All sorts of, and almost freezing to death. But guys, <laughs> honestly, uh, 
think about life and take your take your goggles off, get rid of the tunnel vision and think, clear eyes, look around, see who you can help, full heart, open yourselves up and can't lose. You're never going to lose by by doing the right thing and being a good person. Preach. Preach, <laughs> brother, preach. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to our F word episode of number 40. If you have a chance, if you haven't yet, please review us on whatever platform that you're listening yeah, to and please share. please share it with a friend. I I was shocked we were going through the stats and uh the amount of people from all over the United States that are tuning in and on also the depth of the episode, cause we can see how many downloads we get in a day. And it is shocking to me, like how many people are combing through the, uh, <laughs> the Quinn and Megan a catalog. Lot, a lot of Quinn and Megan going on. So <laughs> thanks for tuning in guys. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. It's always a party. <laughs> yeah. Clear eyes, full, full hearts, hearts can't, can't lose. lose.